Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Richard Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield. And this time, uh, I believe he's minus the hangover and probably well hydrated. Is that right, Ryan? You, you, you got a little hydrated over the last week? Yeah, as much as I could. <laughs> I'm still celebrating it all. All right, and we also got senior staff writer Joey Alibro on the line as well and back with us. And today we have an awesome guest. We have returning for at least the third time, if not fourth time now, if not fifth time. It's hard to keep track. So he's one of our favorite guys from the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast. we got Chris Hopper. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing great. I uh, started drinking when I got off work at 3.30, so I'm hoping I don't feel like Ryan tomorrow morning. But uh, I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, thanks for get pre-gaming before our uh, podcast. That's fantastic, man. I wish I wish I took a little extra time pre pre-game as well. I could just kind of be on the same level here. But uh, Chris, I gotta say, I gotta be some props here. You won our our season-long fantasy football league. Congratulations to you, sir. Well done. And uh, Dan Thury from uh, the, the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast as well won our best ball league. So a clean sweep for the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast. Hurts me to say, nice job. Let me ask you, though, because clearly you guys had a drink after you won. What beer did you drink, Chris, after you uh, to celebrate the league win? So I had a uh, Goose Island Bourbon County, which is a yearly rare release that I had been holding on to since 2017 that I uh, wow. popped out after I won that. So nice. went ahead and broke that out. I felt like it was a, a good way to celebrate not just your guys' but a couple fantasy football championships. So I went ahead and poured that one. <laughs> well, it's like the it's like you, you saved the Dom Perignon of, of uh, beer there for yourself. Huh? You're gonna pop that it, it, only exactly. for the... <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Uh, always a good tip as well. We love to get beer tips from these guys. Uh, now, before we get started, because we got a lot to talk about, we do have one huge announcement to make. Uh, our very own Joey Alibro has just joined the coaching staff for the Prince Avenue Christian High School football team. Congratulations, Joey. That's pretty awesome. Thank you, thank you. I look forward to learning a lot from the coaches there and the players there. It's going to be a great time. Thank you so much. Nice, nice. And, and now I've managed to outdo Ryan's congratulations because he has actually said that it was bigger and more genuine. Now I am the bigger, more genuine. Congratulations. I think we can all agree with that uh, at this point. <laughs> hey, I, yeah. I, I just want ju- to just to get there. I just want to jump in here and congratulate Joey as well. That's a very cool thing. You're going to have a chance to make a difference in the lives of some people. So that's awesome. There's nothing better than that. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, so that's a, so big news for all of us, and we're going to have him take his football knowledge out to the field and take it back to us on the podcast throughout the year so we can keep on following. And, um, well, let's get to the show. we got a lot to talk about. We are uh, going to talk about the uh, AAF. We're going to talk about Joe Flacco for a hot second. We're going to talk about fantasy football. I know it's just the season's over, but come on. Is fantasy football ever really over? I don't think so. Let's get rolling. All right, let's start with the American Alliance of Football, the AAF. Yeah, that, that, uh, that new rival football league just launched this past weekend. Eight teams, 
four games of varying entertainment value. The league's debut on CBS on Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, actually drew about 2.9 million viewers, which actually exceeded the 2.5 million viewers of ABC's competing broadcast of the Houston Rockets hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it wasn't so bad. Games that following day hit around 400,000 viewers each, and the AAF has come out and said that that is the actual viewership target they're looking for. Uh, interestingly, it looks like one or two of the games each week will also be played on the NFL Network. So there you go. No actual connection to the NFL yet, but maybe in the future. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and turn to you first here, Chris. Um, did you watch any of that stuff? you have any thoughts on the AAF? So I did not get to watch anything. It was unfor- I was unfortunately, fortunately, hopefully the fiance isn't listening to this doing wedding <laughs> stuff. Right. So um, my thoughts on the AAF, though, I, I think it's good that – First off, there's another league that gives some people to to showcase some of their talent. Trent Richardson's a guy that's getting another chance yep. there. Logan yep. Woodside's a guy from last year's draft class that I thought could maybe have at least been backup level in the NFL that's getting a shot there. Uh, Nick yep. Novak, who's probably my favorite kicker ever, had yep. a, uh, a good outing for the uh, Birmingham Iron. So I, I, I do think it's a good thing for, for other leagues to pop up and give some of these guys a showcase themselves and eventually land NFL jobs. It's one thing the NFL has been missing to me that the NHL, the MLB have as a development mm-hmm. league. So. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Let me jo- jump over here to you, Joey. Do you have any thoughts on the AAF? Did you get a chance to watch any of it? Yeah, no, like Chris said, um, it's awesome to have like a backup league. I mean, they made the, the they took the risk that um, NFL fans, football fans in general, wouldn't be sick of football after a week after the Super Bowl, and, and they were right. Um, <laughs> right. Just some things I noticed. The offensive line play was pretty poor. The defensive line for, like, every yeah. team was just ragdolling guys. And the quarterback mm-hmm. performances, we we got to see Christian Hackenberg. And yeah, he oh might be God. the worst second-round quarterback yeah. ever. There's a reason he's he didn't still get terrible. <laughs> he's still getting paid. Um, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, and I, so what I about you, Ryan? Got to read that. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no! I just, I just was going to say, uh, Luis Perez. That was a really cool story I got to read about right before he played. So that was a nice, uh, nice storyline. Oh for them. right, right, right! They actually featured that on the pregame stuff too. So uh, Ryan, did, I, I'm sure you were still partying from the Super Bowl, but did you find time in your busy schedule to flip the AAF on or at least check the highlights? You know, you just set me up for failure and to be the rain on the parade guy by going to me last. But you know, we all have a role. <laughs> I guess I'll play it. Um, first of That's all, why I go to you last, Ryan, because I always, I always know you have the hot takes. That's why. <laughs> first of all, it looks like each ownership group went to uh, to the freelance site Fiverr with a $5 budget to get their logos designed. Uh, then they went to their local <laughs> elementary school and had them vote on, on team mascot and, and nicknames. Um, and that's uh, the most the most hairy high school thing. I can't even listen to these. Like, I've already forgotten every single team's uh, – whatever nickname because they're just so so terrible hey um, that's the and the iron and you put some yeah on that they use that's clip a winner and like i'm sorry i do judge a book by its cover so when i turn it on and it looks and, and, and it looks like that aesthetically i can't watch it um and, and then the fact that anything that gives trent richardson a platform to play football i'm out on so um <laughs> oh, no wow. I, I, in, in general for me you know when i was I remember watching the Arena Football League a couple times here and there, and like I've tried to yeah. do it. It's just I I am a huge football fan. It is my favorite sport, but I also love hockey uh, and I like basketball and I like uh, baseball enough that like 
The six months football's not on. I miss the NFL for sure, but there's enough other sports action for me to watch. I'm excited for March Madness. I'm excited for April, which is my favorite sport month of the year, where you get the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, the draft, and, and the Masters. It's one of the best months of the year sports-wise. So there's enough that I'm not going to watch the, the Birmingham Iron play the whoever what's it with their, uh, you know, with their clip art logos. So, um, wow. no, I, I, have, I have very little fair, interest fair. There in AAF. So. Did did uh, Trent Richardson personally hurt you? Yeah, right. No, you would think I'd you would think I'd like him because he proved to everybody that when I was telling before everyone was on to the fact that Ryan Grigson was the worst GM in the history of the NFL. Oh, um, the Trent Richardson, the Trent Richardson trade really solidified that. So you think I'd almost love the guy for it? I just don't yeah. have any use to watch Made that, that you, yeah. load. To watch that fat load try to carry the ball, I'm all set. Oh man, that fat load, jeez. Okay, wow, he really did hurt you at early. Some 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 serious trauma there from the childhood. But um, I I would say that this I did watch actually some of the game, um, some of the, all the games actually just out of curiosity as to how it would go, and it was some there was some good there was some good action there. I think that honestly the fact of the matter is that the offensive line play and off and quarterback play left something to be desired as Joey had mentioned, but I think it does a great platform. They only had six, uh, actually five weeks to actually practice. Um, I thought that the one thing that was really cool was that when they had those coaches challenges, they went straight to the box and you saw it live as they beamed it back to New York or where the heck they are. And they, and they, they talked it through, they walked you through the entire thing and you got the play like right there. So literally every coach's challenges is completely transparent. And you get to see how it all went down. I thought that was pretty cool. But other than that, um, you're right. Not, not a whole lot, but I'm, I'm probably going to tune in a couple more times just for the hell of it, because I really do love football. Um, and what the heck, you know, I might as well fill every, every ounce of my life with some sort of sport. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's probably enough on the AAF. We'll get back to it a little later if anything any, it comes out of it, because they may actually link up with the NFL at some point. So that will be very interesting to see. Let's ring the bell on that topic. Let's move on to our next topic, and we'll do this for a hot second, because Joe Flacco was just traded to the Denver Broncos in exchange for a 2019 fourth-round pick. Remember, Denver had two fourth-rounders, so getting rid of one shouldn't impact their approach in the draft. Flacco will join new Broncos offensive coordinator Rich Kubiak coaching tree, and who Flacco played under in Baltimore when Kubiak was the OC. So, Flacco has three years left on his contract. It's been picked up. What are your thoughts here? Uh, We'll start with you, Ryan. I know you're going to have some hot take here. You care at all about this particular trade? No, I I think consistency is a really important thing uh, in a sports organization. Um, So I really like the move. I think we still need to see the other shoot a drop here. Um, When the Ravens take that mid-round pick and attempt to draft another wide receiver, it'll continue the cycle of the Ravens not being able to fill their wide receiver need and the Broncos not being able to fill their quarterback need. Um, So we'll just keep watching both teams dump endless, endless amounts of resources at not being able to fill either position and I'll just sit back and continue to enjoy myself. So I, it was a great, great day for me. I love it. You were gifted. Right. You were gifted. Pey- you were gifted Peyton Manning. Aside from that, John Elway can't, can't find a quarterback to save his life. Trevor yep. Simeon, Paxton Lynch. I mean, let's, let's go on and on with that. And then the Ravens, who they got lucky yep. with Steve Smith outside of that, can't, can't, can't bring in any good receiver. Bashard Perriman yep. goes to Cleveland also and actually looks like a real receiver, was nowhere to be found in Baltimore. So, um, yeah, yep. looking forward to that, mid, that mid-round that uh, mid wide receiver pick by the, by yeah. the Ravens. And don't Let's forget the uh, luminary case, you know, so go ahead. Yep, fire away, Chris. Uh, I was going to say, let's not forget that uh, John Elway also got the best quarterback we had in Chad Kelly. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there, right. I guess. 
He, <laughs> the Joe Flacco trade is not good for Joe Flacco because you're never going to own Joe Flacco in fantasy if you're intelligent. Um, right. As far as the wide receivers go, uh, they've got Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Tim Patrick, who flashed a little bit. They have some guys out there that I think could benefit from it. We've seen Joe Flacco produce some fantasy-relevant wide receivers, so I think it's good for them. It doesn't make Joe Flacco relevant at all. Um, it doesn't really move the needle a whole lot on Denver's running backs, but it, it may help the wide receivers out just a tad. He is an upgrade over Case Keenum, who, you know, I saw a graphic earlier today where their stats are super similar, but remember Case Keenum also had Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph right. for a year. So That's true. You know, I, I do think Joe Flacco has done a little bit more with less than what Keenum has. So I, I think that benefits some of the weapons in Denver, but it doesn't make Joe Flacco ownable. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this about um about Joe Flacco. You know, what's interesting is about that in, in, in fantasy football is that after he had his good year, um my wife actually drafted Joe Flacco for her team and he sucked. Really, really sucked, which is basically most of his career as well. And it turns out that a good friend of mine is actually Joe Flacco's sister in law. So um, she actually slipped her a note that said, you suck, you owe me my buy-in back, and said, give it to Joe Flacco. And Flacco, in return, sent her a signed bobblehead with an apology. So there you go. He's actually a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, say that. I'll say that. He at least, at least he sucks as a fantasy football player, but, hey, he's a nice guy. All right, Joey, any thoughts on Joe Flacco? Yeah, no, I just love this move because I hate John Elway. Um, he's just going to keep doing the cycle where he tries to find a quarterback at least six foot five every year. Right. <laughs> um, so next year's going to be Bortles. Um, the year <laughs> right. after that, maybe Carr if you want to put him into that into that category. And then sure. inevitably he'll get he'll get Brady in 2026 when he's about 50 53 years old. So that'll uh, be a steal. <laughs> so this is good for me. I hate the Broncos. All right. Well, that's that's uh, that's. I think that's enough dumping on the uh, Broncos and on Flacco. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, ring the bell on that one and move on to our next most important topic of the day. And that is fantasy football. Like I said, it's basically uh, season's over, but fantasy football season is just starting because we're in the off season. So we got a lot of things to consider. And those best ball leagues are already open for drafting. In fact, they were open for drafting while the playoffs are still going. So let's um, talk about general strategy for 2019 best ball leagues. Chris, let me start with you. Any thoughts on what type of general strategy you'd, you'd use in a draft for best ball league coming into next year? So best ball leagues, unlike redraft leagues, you're going to care a little bit less about consistency. You're going to care more about about upside. So it's going to make guys like uh, T.Y. Hilton or Brandon Cooks, Tyree Kill, those guys can give you some thirty week or some thirty point weeks, and then some you know ten point weeks, uh, a little bit more relevant, and it's going to move the needle up on their draft position because really with best ball, what you're trying to do is you're going to find people that overall score you as many points consistency doesn't necessarily matter as much so Mm -hmm. it's okay to go a little bit more boom bust there uh, and to move some guys up around that you maybe normally wouldn't take in redraft because the consistency isn't there even though when you look overall performance it it is so Mm -hmm. for me i try to go early and get some guys that have huge upside week to week your tyree kills ui hilton cam newton guys that can just absolutely blow up early and then mm-hmm. I may try to put some floor in a little bit later. Some guys that are a little bit safer, give you a little bit more consistent performances later on uh, because you do want that floor to be there. But overall with best ball, it's the big picture that matters, not necessarily the week to week because you're not playing head to head. And that's the biggest difference to me. 
Okay, well, that's some good good thoughts there. And uh, we'll go ahead and turn to some specific picks in a second. But let me go to Joey first. Any Anything to add regarding strategy for best ball fantasy football? Yeah, no, he hit the uh, nail right on the head there. Um, with best ball, you're definitely just trying to uh, – you're trying to target more boom bust guys than you would in a regular league, just because it's all about like overall performance and it's uh, more total points or whatever. Um, mm. But actually this, um, this, this goes back to the regular league too. For my strategy last year was targeting rookies more often than I would in previous years, um, mm-hmm. just because of the way the league is moving now with rookie contracts and how, valuable they are those guys are getting more and more touches and they're getting more snaps and it actually paid off i won one of my leagues my buddies um i had barkley i had chubb i had mayfield um i was rolling with that um Mm. so i'm gonna do that again this year yeah i'm sure that chubb and uh, mayfield came at extreme discounts as well ryan your thoughts anything to add on uh, general strategy for best ball the only thing i would say uh, outside of what these guys said is um Obviously, in best ball, I try to load up at wide receiver, running back, um, and then have three quarterbacks so that I can, you know, buy, uh, bet against any bye week situations or injury situations or hedge mm-hmm. against that. Is the word I was looking for there. Um, mm-hmm. But I also did the same thing with tight end last year, three tight ends. But until the NFL as a whole stops sucking at the tight end position, I'm not investing <laughs> three guys on best balls next year. So I'm going zero tight end strategy. Obviously not wow. that far, but well, I'm going to tune it down to, to two tight ends. Um, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste a response. I did have a couple. Um, I actually did uh, fairly well. I won about 2% of my best ball leagues last year. So best ball, I had a pretty nice season in overall, but there were a couple seasons or a couple leagues where I had three garbage tight ends that weren't doing anything for me. And then at either running back or wide receiver positions, um, you know, I could have used a little more depth and some, some bad injury plagued weeks probably cost me a chance at some money. So um, for me right now, I'm just not going to hedge against the tight end position. I'm just going to take it as a loss and try to invest elsewhere. Yep. All right. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good plan because I also lost a lot uh, drafting people like Mike Kosicki and Hayden Hurst who didn't actually do anything for me. So let's go ahead and then uh, turn to those actual picks. We're going to go with uh, your, your number one first round pick. So the number one, the, the top pick that you would have in the first round for best ball, and we'll go with the normal best ball league where it's, uh, uh, where it's PPR, and your top value pick that you think for this upcoming year, and then your number one bust for the year. So let's start with you, Chris. Give us that top pick that you would be looking for in best ball this year. So I think the needle is going to move more from running back to wide receiver this year. And I'm going to go a little bit bold here. And if I've got the top pick in best ball, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill, who actually wow. um, put up a massive season as a wide receiver uh, uh, this year. He had some decent floor, but he had some absolute blow up games with Patrick Mahomes chucking him the football. I know it's a little bit bold. A lot of people, you know, a lot of one-on-one picks and for regular draft, I would change this, but um, the upside is just, it, it, it's there and what he can do week in week out and that ceiling he gives you is just absolutely massive. So that's going to be, if not my top pick, it would be one of my top picks. And, again, it's bold, but it makes sense. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, Joe, uh, go ahead and go through your – I'm sorry. Let's go with your top value pick. Uh, for best ball, one of my top value picks next year is probably going to be Sony Michelle. He doesn't necessarily have – yeah, in the New England guy on this podcast, I'm sure, is smiling right now. He doesn't necessarily have the massive receiving upside because James White does. So that might 
that's going to bump him down kind of out of that top tier running backs and drafting people. But week to week, he has the potential to get 20-plus carries, and he's shown that he can absolutely just blow up with that. So he, he's a, a guy that I think is a running back. You're not going to give him an exceptional value, but it's going to be outside of that top tier of backs that I think you can get a guy that's going to give you some absolutely huge weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and let's talk about your nice box. words I've said about Sony Michelle. <laughs> right, and and trust me, I you know the, Ryan is the biggest advocate of running backs being meaningless in the NFL. So I love the fact that Sony Michelle is a thing now. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying. All right, let's go over your bus, Chris. Uh, so bus is a little bit harder for best ball because anybody could have uh. Uh, an absolutely fantastic week. My biggest bust is, though next year, uh, a guy that I'm going to try to completely avoid is Gus Edwards. That's a guy that had uh, some big weeks this year uh, with Lamar Jackson. And, and when you look deep dive the peripherals on Gus Edwards, he's not creating for himself. The Baltimore offensive line is doing a lot for him. You saw the Chargers lay out a blueprint on how to stop Lamar Jackson, which in turn stopped the run. So that's what a lot of people might perceive as a value that I'm going to completely avoid because I think that he completely falls off a cliff. Right, right. Okay. Well, that's good thoughts there. And uh, he looked like he was coming on, but who knows what's going to happen next year. So let's turn to you, Joey. What are you about your uh, first-round pick? What, what are you looking for as your first-round pick in best ball? Um, if I had the first pick, um, this isn't a homer pick, but I'd go Barkley. Honestly, he mentioned that the, there's going to be a shift from running back to wide receivers in terms of importance. But mm-hmm. he had 92 catches out of the backfield last year, I believe six touchdowns as well, um, 1,300 yards rushing, which was good for second in the league. Um, I think he can do it all. Um, he's going to put up 15 touchdowns again next year, um, especially because the Giants are probably going to keep Eli another year. Um <laughs> Barkley's going Barclay's to keep getting more touches. So I like that right. as, my, as my first pick. Maybe their only offense again. All right, so tell us about your top value pick, Joey. My top value pick, um, I'm going to take it to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams, um, wow. he was kind of under the radar last year um, in terms of targets. He only had 43 receptions, but he still had 10 touchdowns, and he had three multi-touchdown games in 2018. Um, he's their basically their top red zone target. Um, I know Hunter Henry's coming back next year um, off that injury, um, but I, I expect him to keep getting those targets in the red zone, and I think you could get decent value for him as well. Okay, all right. And who do you think it, uh, is the bust for next year? Um, I'm going to go with Drew Brees, um, not because wow. I don't think he's a good quarterback, um, a great but I call. think people aren't going people, people to um, people are going to overvalue him just because right. of how the Saints made the NFC Championship. Um, but he's not putting up, like, stellar numbers like he's used to. I mean, late in that season, he's going for, like, 220 yards a game, two touchdowns, right. maybe one. Um, so in terms of fantasy, I don't I don't like him at, in best ball especially. That's a okay. fantastic Great. call because of the shift that's gone on in New Orleans the last couple of years. I, I was all over that this past season that Breeze was going to fall out of the top tier, so I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good call there. Ryan, let's turn to you. What are you looking at as your first round pick in best ball? First of all, Chris Carson could could have run behind that Patriots offensive line this year. So it was scary. <laughs> okay. the Sony Michelle thing. Wow. No um, appreciation for Sony Michelle. All right. 
No, I mean he came out and he, right, he raffles off a 26-yard run to start that drive uh, on the on the final field goal drive for the Patriots, and then mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead did it on the same drive later on later on down. And Rex Bur- Burkhead was an unknown three four years ago, so yeah, oh, okay. it was all about Sony yeah. Michelle. No, I love this, <laughs> I love this touchdown run where he got touched two yards into the end zone for the first time on the play, big big time play. Anyways, um, <laughs> for my hey, offensive pick, line still matter. <laughs> yep. For the for, for my <laughs> for my number one overall pick. Um I don't even know. I I, I think I, I was hung over pretty much all last week and I've been sick this week. <laughs> so my brain's just not firing in all cylinders. The fact that I that I had Soquan Barkley written down, uh A not thinking Joey was also gonna say that and B that I would even <laughs> let myself side with Joey for a second was stupid. Right. So just right. to be different about a I'll, say, I'll take I'll take DeAndre Hopkins. Um, oh, okay. as for my value pick, um, yep. just while I have it in front of me. So I was looking at this, um, so long way out, but right now on fantasy pros, as I continue to stall to try to find him here, give me a second. Yep. Anyways, he's way down the list. Things uh, up a little. <laughs> Jesus. I got, um, wow. I just had it here too. Oh, okay. There he goes. Doug Baldwin, 23rd okay. ranked receiver. Um, on fantasy pros right now by consensus ranking. Um, I don't know that health wise he'll be able to perform all year for you, but I think he's still going to have enough big games left in his, uh, in his play this year. Um, Obviously concerning health, health this last season, but again, at at the 23rd ranked wide receiver right now, um, you know, guy who I saw last year going in drafts in the, uh, as people's wide receiver one, people that went running back heavy, but still is their wide receiver on the idea you could get them um, as, you know, your third wide receiver. I, I, I find it yeah. boring for me personally. They're pretty good, yeah. Um, and then my biggest bust, and just because th- they've already thrown out two good names, uh, and again, I don't, I'm in Joey's head because I had Drew Brees written down too. Um, uh, okay. but I'll just say one that I'm rooting Whoa, for. Crazy. I'll just say one I'm rooting for because uh-huh. this isn't the NBA. You don't get to call your shots. So I, I'm I'm hoping for Antonio Brown to go and absolutely fall on his face this year. Oh, I wow. think that a lot of his character issues um, mm-hmm. that were somewhat kind of known around the NFL, but kind of kept quiet. And there's a reason he fell as far as he did in the draft. Um, yeah. they've, they've started to really rear their head the last couple of years. And it's really come to a boiling point now. Um, and I think this is the year you see it on the field. And I say, I think as uh, as in a wishful thinking. Um, so I'm hoping that he has a horrible year. Uh, Cause uh, I know. And then I can be right about all the chemistry issues in Pittsburgh. Um, and I can uh, come back, you know, this time next year and uh, puff my chest. So Antonio Brown's my bust this year. Wow. You know, that's not a bad bust, actually, because I bet you people will still overdraft him depending on no matter where he goes. He's he's the sixth-ranked wide receiver right now on Fantasy Pros, and you don't even know where he's going to play next year. I know we're a couple months out, obviously, but, um, you know, for me, especially if that's where he's still sitting and he goes to, you know, a place like San Francisco or just, you know, a completely different environment, completely different scheme, um, you know, and and if he's going to six-wide receiver, I'd like him to fall way outside his projections. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him that high unless he was. Unless I don't know if he stayed in, in Steeler Town, maybe, but that's literally impossible. Or if he went to the Patriots, which is also impossible because they would never trade him to the Patriots. No, thank so, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know you say that, but I think he would be pretty good in New England. All right, let's ring the bell on that one. Let's move on to the other football, the season long season long football, and only because this is all about me. I had forgot to mention. I made a note um, to myself, and I wanted to ask you guys about this from the Ravens perspective uh, and I hate going backwards, but um, a buddy of mine, Dan Moylan, who's a huge Ravens fan had mentioned to me kind of, as we were talking that, um, that uh, getting rid of Flacco actually frees up about 11 million in cap space, 
Uh, and of course, you know, Flacco is not that good. So getting a fourth rounder and in, in return and remove and freeing up 11 million in cap space, he thought was actually an excellent deal for the Ravens. You guys have any, uh, Chris, you have any thoughts on that? So cap space is always good. Um, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson. I'm just going to say that up front. I've not been sold on Lamar Jackson since the draft. I think he's got a lot of development to do as a passer, as a thrower. And like I said earlier, I think the Chargers gave a pretty good blueprint on on how to stop him. So I don't know that that necessarily helps the Ravens by making Lamar Jackson their starter. Um, And $11 per year is not necessarily an elite game-changing amount of cash either for – uh, especially for a wide receiver. So they might be able to bring in a, a role player like an Adam Humphreys or something like that that could help, but it's not going to give you a, a game-changing free agent addition. Okay. All right. Well, that, that all makes sense to me. And I uh, just wanted to throw that in there because that's something that we really didn't talk about was the other impact on uh, on the Ravens. All right. So let's go ahead and, and switch it over to full season-long fantasy football now and go through the same thing. Chris, does your strategy change at all for 2019? for season-long fantasy football? Yeah, when it comes to season-long, I tend to look a little bit more at consistency than I do at overall performance. I think consistency is big because overall performance, I say it a lot on uh, Beerfield Fantasy Football, you can't take it with you. You can't take the additional 20 points you get out of a Tyree kill with you to the next week. So that's where DeAndre Hopkins, like I believe it was Ryan mentioned, uh, is probably my one-on-one this year I, I don't know again shift to wide receiver I don't know that I trust Todd Gurley as my one-on-one with what happened at the end of this year so DeAndre Hopkins I think is the most consistent wide receiver no matter what quarterback or anything that's out there that you can that you can throw mm-hmm. so, it's a, so it's a little bit different approach uh, as far as consistency yep. versus boom bust yep okay all right Joey anything to add about general strategy for fantasy football yeah no like I talked about before in the best ball just I think I'm going to keep targeting rookies. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that picture of DK Metcalf uh, going around the Twitterverse the last couple of days. Um, he would be a good receiver to look at uh, a little yep. later in the draft. Um, but, um, yeah, just, just targeting rookies would be my main thing. Yeah, and he's definitely a guy I have an eye out for at the Combine, which we'll talk about next week a little bit. Ryan, what do you think uh, about general strategy? Anything to help add on to the uh, season-long leagues? Yeah, uh, Metcalf is a good guy to keep an eye out for on a four-game suspension for PEDs at some point. Um, <laughs> as far as tape, also just for their, well, that's going to be a stat in my league, so I don't know about you, but PED suspension is going to count for me. All right, so that's that's why yeah, I have Jesus. my eye on them. But no, no, my the, my big takeaway that I really, um, you know, the two two things that I I really kind of started to pay attention to last couple years that I'm fully on board with now as maybe putting too much stock into, but I haven't put in enough in the past is, you know, consistency in the organization. Um, so I'll call this the David Johnson rule, you know, with the Mike McCoy uh, incident from last year, um, taking guys that are in good offenses that have the same uh, fluidity in, in coaching staff and, and quarterback, even for that matter is, is really important in my opinion, uh, when you're talking about consistency and a high floor, um, you know, in that argument last year, we all had between, you know, uh, Elliot, uh, Gurley, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Brown. There were two guys that were in uncertain situations, you know, some, some of their own doing and some from outside stuff. And then you had two other guys that were in the same offense with the same coach in the same system and which two performed, which two didn't. 
So when you're really looking at the top four guys in that mess of last year, I just don't think that can be that sort of be undertold. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the importance, uh, JJ Zachariason, uh, however you say his last name from <laughs> number, uh, number fire. Um, he had talked about in a right. podcast last year about that. There's not enough value put on how good the offense is. And, um, you know, I think you know, when you look at a guy like LaShawn McCoy, you know, case in point there, a guy who's going to get a lot of touches, but it isn't just an absolute abysmal offense. So for me, my general rule to keep coming back to is that, you know, really target guys that are in productive offenses. And, you know, would you, would you rather have um, Zay Jones in Buffalo or would you rather have, you know, depending who you think the number two is in LA, whether it's Cooks or, or Woods, you know, you'd rather have the number two in that situation because the, the scheme is better, the team is better, and it's just a good rule to remember that not to get sucked into who's going to – it's not just about who's going to get the most targets or all the other factors uh, in that equation. Okay, all right. Some good thoughts there for general strategy on fantasy football. Let's go back to you here, Chris, and let's get your first-round pick, your number one overall pick, your top value pick, and your bust. Let's go with 12-team PPR leagues for this. All right, 12-team PPR, my first overall pick is DeAndre Hopkins. Like I said earlier, I think he's the most consistent wide receiver that's out there. I don't trust Antonio Brown's situation. Um, Mm -hmm. With full PPR, you're going to value that more. And DeAndre Hopkins has managed to perform year in and year out, no matter who's throwing him the football. It could have been, as long as it's not Brock Osweiler, who's been good. So (laughs) (laughs) you could probably say that for most people. Uh, Mm -hmm. My top value pick, look, third-year wide receivers are, are really good to go after. Joey mentioned Mike Williams earlier. I'm going to go with a different third-year wide receiver. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. The guy that really okay. flashed a lot for me this year. We, uh, you know, all of Beerfield, that's have absolutely loved him coming out of the draft. He's going to be in a Bruce Arians offense. Jameis Winston has been pretty good when he's not, you know, suspended over the last mm-hmm. couple seasons. And <laughs> right. Adam Humphreys is out of town, which is going to some targets. And Deshaun Jackson may be on his way out. So I absolutely love Chris Godwin opposite Mike Evans to to be a, a very very good value pick this season, and as far as a bus goes, um, there's a lot of guys out there who projected to sign someplace. So I'm going to give you two: mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, wherever he gets traded to or lands. I'm going to yep. jump on that train right with Ryan and say Excellent. that it's going to be a bad adjustment period. It's going to be a bad period as a uh, is a guy that may have some character issues trying to come in and adjust to a new offense where he's seen the Steelers offense, just produce, 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 produce. And same thing for Le'Veon Bell, the other Steelers guy that's in flux right now. Um, mm-hmm. We saw James Conner and even Jalen Samuels, who could not find a lane in college to save his life. He was a freaking tight end for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> right. They didn't have a position coming out of the draft produce when Connor was hurt. So right. Le'Veon Bell going elsewhere is not a guy that I like as a, as a top four running back pick, which is where he's going to be valued. So when I say bust, I don't necessarily think of it as somebody that's going to have no value or completely kill your team, but it's a right. guy that's not going to produce where you draft him. And I think both of those ex Steelers top tier performers in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are prime bust picks. Excellent. All right. Good thoughts there, Joey. What about you? Uh, first round overall pick top value pick and your bust. Uh, for the first round pick, uh, just for the sake of being different and <clears throat> depending on where you fall along the first round there, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes because I really like that Chiefs stack wow. this year, whether you got Mahomes, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, I got Mahomes in the third or fourth round last year and it paid off really well. Uh, that was the uh-huh. same league. I had Barkley and, and, and Chubb and those guys, but, um, I know it's, 
it's a little early to take a quarterback there, and there's a lot of other guys that can put up similar numbers. But um, I feel confident in finding uh, value guys at the running back and wide receiver position uh, a little later okay. on in the draft. So I'm going to go Mahomes as the first-round pick. Um, wow. Value pick? Hmm. For my value pick, I want to say um, let's go with Devontae Adams. Um, I know he's going to be a little bit higher up there. Um, not 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 true value. I know he's going to go kind of early in the draft, but I really really liked how he performed last year. Um, uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers should have a comeback here. Maybe I'm kind of crossing my fingers on that. I didn't really like their their coaching hire either. But um, value uh, Devontae Adams and then bust. I'm going to go the opposite way of you guys in the Antonio Brown thing. I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. Um, he's been out of football for over a year and a half now. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up, but people are going to draft him just for the name early and often. And um, yep. let's go Le'Veon Bell for my best pick. All right. Well, there you go. You got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Steelers, ex-Steelers hate going on here. Ryan, want to pile <laughs> on? First round pick, top value pick, and bust. I don't. I don't need to pile on. I think I've made it very clear that I think the killer bees is what's been killing Pittsburgh the last couple of years. So yeah. you're, you're best yep. to tell, you're best to tell Ben, Hey, thank you for working here, but you no longer work here. Let the other two, or, you know, bell's gone and then trade Brown and just start over. Um, yep. My personal two cents. Anyways, uh, for number one overall pick, I obviously didn't pick DeAndre Hopkins in best ball and then say I wouldn't take him in, in redraft PPR, but to be different, I'll go a running back uh, just to kind of hit okay. the trio here. Um, and I'll take Christian McCaffrey just because it's a PPR wow. league yeah. and what he can do in the sure. run and the pass game. Um, and because I completely whiffed and owned zero shares of Christian McCaffrey last year because I was yeah. so sure he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna uh, be an absolute bust. Um, oh, he was awesome. And uh, you know, probably one of the worst one of the worst calls I made last year. So I'll go the other way so he can suck this year and make me wrong again. Um, good. So yep. that was Winning that was uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so that's my number one <laughs> overall pick. Um, yep. My and this is a guy who I think is going to get a lot of steam going into the draft. Um, so if you can get get into some nice early best ball drafts, um, or not best ball drafts, sorry redrafts here, um, and and pick some teams nice and early, maybe you can get a still good value on him. Right now he's listed as the 22nd running back on Fantasy Pros, and that's yep. Darius Geis. Um, uh, tore the ACL yep. nice and early last year. So he's had a yep. lot of time to recover. The latest news on him is that he is up and running full speed coming off the ACL. This is a guy that people were really high on going into the last season. Um, albeit it was preseason. He looked really electric against the Patriots before he tore his mm-hmm. ACL. Um, so guys is a guy that, especially if you can get him as the RB 22, uh, I would not be stunned for him to produce as an RB one. Um, right. So that is, that is my, Oh my God! I lost my place again. I'm gonna go. Your value. Um, <laughs> that was my value. No, I, I I clicked off the screen. I didn't put in my notes fully today yeah, from so running off the you know, pro site. I know. Stop winning Super Bowls, Ryan, because you're really uh you really uh they win one and all of a sudden it's all downhill for you. Yeah, you'd all you'd all like that. Oh, but <laughs> I don't my, know anything uh, about it. But this year win. So. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some I'm gonna eat some more crow here uh, on a guy that to this point I've been very wrong on. I think. When healthy, his on-field production's been great. The fact that Dalvin Cook is still listed as the RB12, according to Fantasy Pros right now, uh, to clarify again, as uh, as Chris did, you know, taking a guy, saying that he's a bust. I mean, he's shown up as the 21-ranked overall player and RB12 right now. I just think that's too high for a guy who can't, who's had uh, an ACL injury and a soft tissue injury. You know, it's not like it's the same chronic injury coming back. This seems to be a guy who's kind of just, 
always kind of gets bumped and bruised um, and, and can't and can't play a full workload. So um, rolling the dice as him being an RB1 for me is not something I like. So I like him to fall a little bit more towards the mid-teens to high-teens as far as production in running backs this year, especially because I just you can't bank on him to stay healthy. So the player I was super uh, high on coming out of the draft um, said he would hands down be better than Leonard Fournette, which I was right about. Uh, but I did say he would be a productive player. And to this point, he's productive when healthy, but unfortunately that's just not enough at this point, especially in a fantasy perspective. So um, too high for me on him. So I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll bust out of that position. All right. Okay. So let me, uh, let me ask one more question, Chris. I want to ask you this because there was a recent signing of Kareem Hunt. And that's obviously going to affect uh, Nick Chubb, who is actually a kind of a was a little bit of a preseason darling for the limited amount of preseason we've had so far. But what are your thoughts on Nick Chubb's value? Because I'm not going to ask you about Kareem Hunt because we don't know when he's going to get on the field. But let's assume that he's going to get on the field at some point during the year next year. What are your What are your thoughts on Nick Chubb and how it affects affects his fantasy football outlook? I would still take Nick Chubb right around the area where you're going to take uh, a Sony Michelle or any other back that is more of a pure rusher. Um, look, Kareem Hunt is going to be suspended, and we don't know for how long. And mm-hmm. the Browns took a chance on him, but Nick Chubb performed last year, and we've seen it with – and I think this could end up being more Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara type of, of split work where both guys are hyper-efficient. They both have the ability to be that. And I, I, I don't have any pause about drafting Nick Chubb, especially like a wide receiver heavy, heavy early. Mm-hmm. Is it like a, a third or a fourth round back? Um, Kareem Hunt is good, but I don't think he kills Chubb's value given the okay. suspension and given the way that we've seen, particularly New Orleans, deploy two backs. I think Cleveland could do something very, very similar, especially given their uh, lack of wide receiver depth. Okay, all right. Well, I, it's definitely something to keep an eye on because he was uh, ranked in the top 10 of a lot of people's. Uh, I mean, definitely in the top 10 as far as running backs are concerned, and I know there's some concern about how this will eat into his future. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Um, If you're looking at Fantasy Pros right now at PPR Leagues, he's actually listed as 14th overall. That's pretty high for a guy who might have some sharing in the background at some point. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell. Actually, I was just going to blow the air horn on the entire show. Because we got to the end of the show. It always goes so fast. It was terrific. We actually had a little bit of an extended show today because we had so much to talk about. Um, Thanks again to Chris Hopper of the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast for joining us um, for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. I can't even count, but he's always welcome here because he's so fantastic. Uh, He's basically one of the guys. Now, we actually want to make you part of our staff so that you don't start winning all our leagues and uh, claiming it for (laughs) that other fantasy football podcast. I'm always happy to come on if you ever need a contributor. (laughs) I appreciate it. Add Hot BFF with two Ps at Beerfield FF for the show. Uh, You guys are fantastic, and I appreciate every chance you give me to not just on the air, but also in writing if you there's something we don't even have launched ourselves to to showcase. Yep, uh, and everybody brain, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> and you guys are still doing video, right? You're still doing video? Yeah, we do video on YouTube. You can follow the show at Beerfield Fantasy Football on YouTube. Um, we're also in the podcast is anywhere you can find them. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever. Uh, we are going to – we have had a, lawn, a website developed actually for 
about two years now. We just haven't actually launched it. So maybe oh, I'll get around great. to that this off season. <laughs> You're going to stop tasting beers. It's going to slow you down. That's what's slowing you down. Guys. Right. Um, so definitely give that show a listen. Give that show a watch. They have some fantastic fantasy football advice and beer advice. What more could you want? That's everything in one. So definitely give it a shot. It's fantastic. Um, Ryan, you want to give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah. So I'll just say quickly, um, I do religiously watch the YouTube video and it is of all the, our level of shows, uh, the best YouTube show there is out there. Cause uh, instead of guys doing a bad John Clayton pers- impression, uh, staring directly into the camera, you got three guys chilling on that around that big old table, drinking some beers, just hanging out, talking <laughs> football. It is, it is a great watch. So make sure you check out the beer filled fantasy show on YouTube. Um, as for Twitter, you can find me at Ryan Whitfield NE. Um, as I so often do, I did come across a tweet during our show tonight. Uh, and just because of our conversation last week, I did want to throw this jab in here. Uh, okay. Kenyon from Bleacher Report tweeted out that Demarius Thomas has a better case for the Hall of Fame than Julian Edelman. And as I stated last week, I do not believe Julian Edelman should yet be in the Hall of Fame or considered at that level yet. But if you think Demarius Thomas has had a better NFL career than Julian Edelman, that is a proof that stat is for, stats are for losers, and you, Ian Clayton, <laughs> or Clay, Kenyon, or whatever the hell your last name is, are a moron if you think that Demarius Thomas is even worth comparing to Julian Edelman in that context. Bum. Well, I have to say, I have to say, I was getting worried because Ryan had not called anybody a moron yet, and I felt like our podcast is not complete. And so, thank you, Ryan, for getting that in. I'm just the saying, end. if you if out. you want to see the dead, <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure Chris, you're the one from Beerfield that's a big hockey fan like I am. So yep. this might be more of a hockey phrase called turtling. Um, which is when a guy, you know, cheap shot somebody and then another guy comes over the gloves dropped and the guy goes down into the turtle position. If you want to see a grown man turtle, go back and watch the 2013 Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Demarius Thomas did not want to be anywhere near the Legion of Boom on that football field. That man was shook. Shook one, right. mob deep, turtled in a ho- on a hockey rink kind of, kind of performance from, from Demarius Thomas. He's awesome. not wrong. Awesome. Not wrong at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, you want to give us your uh, social media so people can follow you as well? Yeah, you can follow me at Joey Libro on all social media platforms. Um, I'm back on Twitter again, so uh, give me a follow. Yep. All right, and uh, thanks once again, one last time to Chris Hopper of Beerfield Fantasy. Check that stuff out; it is amazing. In fact, check it out before you check us out. All right, that's how much I feel, that's how I feel about it. All right, thank you everyone again for wasting time with us, and until next time. Enjoy your NFL, AAF, whatever heck you're watching right now, other sports leagues, and uh, enjoy your week. Joey, from the bottom of my heart, congratulations on your coaching hire. I could not be more excited for you. No one, and no one could be more excited for you than I. Oh my God! It truly is a special occasion. You're going to be the greatest high school coach of all time. This is the first time I've talked to Joey, and I'm more excited for him than you are. I think. That's a falsehood. You could not. No one could. I'm just going to steal the thunder here. I I think that it's a fantastic opportunity. You're going to do great. Congratulations, and here's the show. Bye. Valentine's Day.